This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day. And for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry, with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 305 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me again this week, your friend and mine, Jason Linden. How are you today, Jason? I am fantastical. How are you, Chad? Oh, well, I'm just, uh, I couldn't be happier. The, the caravan, the Reds caravan it, it took off uh, today. It's exciting, right? It's caravanning. It is, I'm, you know, it's it's that time right before spring training starts where everybody's just like, anything baseball, please give me something. <laughs> That's a fact, uh, except as we'll talk yeah. about a little bit later, maybe, maybe there's some things about baseball that... Um, in the news these days that aren't as much fun, but the caravan is supposed to be fun. I wouldn't know because they don't come anywhere near me, um, but uh, it's going on and, uh, you know, whatever, it's fun. Um, what was interesting today, I think, was that Dick Williams, this is where we'll we'll lead off here, Dick Williams made some comments about uh, being, uh, you know, optimistic, and he said the fans are, you know, uh, they're feeling the energy from the fans and looking forward to getting out there and, and, and hearing what everybody's going to say. But then he also said, I think it's very possible that we'll either see additional free agent signings or potentially trades. I'm pretty sure there will be changes between now and camp, spring training camp. And uh, my buddy Michael Henry on Twitter said that at the Reds Caravan in Louisville, do you know where Louisville is? Uh, no, but I know where Louisville is. Louisville? Philistine. Louisville is uh, um, in, in, in Kentucky. And uh, he said at the Reds Caravan stop in Louisville, Dick Williams says the 2020 goal is a World Series win. So two things there. Number one, uh, pretty sure there'll be changes between now and camp, and the goal is to win the World Series. What are your thoughts on that, Jason Linden? Uh, well, if the goal is to win the World Series, then there better be changes. <laughs> right. That's, ex- that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there have to be, I mean, the Reds, are, the Reds are good. They're better yeah. now, but they're not there, are they? Uh, honestly, it, they're in a, it's conceivable place. You know, I don't, I would not find it at all shocking if they made the playoffs with the current roster. And once you make the playoffs, it's, you know, anybody's game. Um, but they're not, they're, they're a team that if your team is going to play them, you're like, Oh, the Reds, you know, that could be a tough series, but it's not a team probably that you're like petrified of. Yeah, you know, it's a roster that's good and potentially good enough to be a play. I agree with what you just said. Potentially good enough to be a playoff roster. And uh, and, and you're exactly right. You get in the playoffs, and who knows? Uh, as we saw Especially this year. With that rotation. Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. This is a team that could win in a short series. But uh, I'm going back to what I've been saying for a long, long, long time now, which is that 
Hope is not a strategy, and if the Reds intend to go to spring training with this roster, they're going to have to be hoping that a lot of things go right. They're going to be hoping that people are healthy. They're going to be hoping that um, uh, Aquino works out to some degree, because um, he'll have to he'll have to contribute on the team. They're going to be hoping that uh, you know. I'm sure against Aquino right now, frankly. But anyway, continue. Well, I'm just saying that you know they, uh, they're going to hope that uh, there there are no injuries. Senzel, yeah. Winker, etc. Because frankly, it's a very and I said this uh, last week was a very very thin roster. You know, I don't know if they can sustain any injuries. And and we're going to talk about shortstop in a moment. But uh, let's go ahead and, and dig into shortstop because that's one of the okay. topics that uh, you and I wanted to talk about. Um, and that comes back to our first uh, question, viewer mail question that we'll go ahead and drop by our buddy Matt Sheary over at Patreon.com/slash Redleg Radio, where you too can support Redleg Nation Radio. Matt's question is: Would you bring Zach Cozart back? Maybe to back up Freddie Galvis if all else fails, since shortstop is th- so thin. I-, I just said the Reds roster is thin. Nowhere in the organization is it thinner than shortstop, right? Correct. But Zach Kozart, God love him, is not the answer. And, and we do love him. Yeah. You know, um, I enjoyed Zach Kozart. He was an all-star in 2017. And, you know, but look, he's 30, I mean, 34 this year. He's played a total of 96 games for the Angels the last two years. Um, I, it just doesn't make. A, I love the guy. He was a, a kind of an underrated red for a while. Uh, I'm glad he got his big contract, but I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. But the Reds have to upgrade shortstop. No, I mean they have to. Yeah, and I think you know, I, I, you know, you talk about the thinness of the roster. I don't know if I think that it's quite as thin as as you do. And I'm gonna gonna ramble for just a moment here, if I may, please. Because I'm just thinking, you know, you you think about injuries, and I think that. Right now, the Reds have in Winker, Senzel, and Akiyama, you have a, a good starting outfield. Um, you know, I, I think we both assume that Senzel is really going to come along just fine. Yes. And then you have um, Aquino and Irvin as most likely very acceptable backups slash platoon partners and also the kinds of players which you expect to have on the bench in case someone gets hurt. Um, you know, guys who can play every day and not embarrass you, but... You know, they're not starters because if they were starters, they'd be on a different team. Um, And then I think that Freddie Galvis is exactly in that mold, which is if he were the backup middle infielder where, say, if Moustakis got hurt or mystery shortstop got hurt or if Suarez got hurt and Moustakis had to go play third, you know, it's a circumstance where you're like, okay, yeah, we can live with Galvis for 100 plate appearances every day. That's not going to kill anything. Um, the problem, though, is that if he is your starter, there is no backup. There's no depth whatsoever. And he really is a player who belongs in more in a backup role at this point. Yeah, because he's got a little bit of pop and he can play defense. And, yeah, I'm okay. I, listen, I like having Freddie Gallus on the roster if he's not your starting shortstop. Um, and I just don't think the Reds upgraded enough elsewhere to be able to sustain a starting shortstop uh, like Freddie Gallus. I don't know that I quite agree with you, though, because, you know, if Philip Irvin has to play, you know, two months because of injury, has to play every day, he's going to get exposed. That's my opinion. Um, And and I think Aquino probably did get exposed last year. I'm still hopeful that he can be more than, than, uh, you know, uh, what he was at the end of the season, uh, somewhere in between where he was at the end of the season and and then his first month, uh, that fantastic August. But you're kind of hoping on him and and I I don't know that I like the idea of either one of those guys playing um anything other than a platoon role. For, I don't know. I mean, you know, 
I'm looking at Irvin's numbers now, and, and he's got a full season of plate appearances at this point in the major leagues, and he's been basically an average hitter. I mean, he's not a he's not a great player, but I don't think he's an like, you know, he's a he's a terrifying, uh, you know, I don't I don't think the prospect of him playing every day is is terrifying by any stretch. Boy, uh, it, is, it is to me. Okay, <laughs> I mean, I just uh, for a playoff team. For a playoff team, yes, but I mean, I'm saying is the you know sort of like at the back because every team has that. Every team is going to have the guy that gets several hundred at bats, you know, and and no team can sustain more than a couple of injuries to its starting lineup, frankly, right? Unless you're maybe like the Yankees or the Dodgers, and even then, that's pushing it. I'm just saying, I don't think the Reds can sustain one. I think the offense is, uh, you know, it's better than last year. It remains to be seen how much better. But if they don't have everybody available, I, 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 you know, I'm just, I think that the season goes into the tank or there's a chance of it. Uh, I, I, it's my opinion. I think they need to get an, another bat and shortstop's really the oh, only obvious place. Let, let it, let, let it not be, uh, let it not be mistaken that they absolutely 100% have to get another bat. Yeah. And, and it's going to be interesting to see where that comes from. Dick Williams comments were, uh, very possible. See either additional free agent signings. Let's take that first. Yeah. Uh, who? I mean, who's out there? One. There's no one. <laughs> There's no There's one. No one. There. Certainly not a shortstop. Yeah. You know, um, I think Didi Gregorius would have looked really nice at this point. I'd be ready to roll with that team if they had Didi and Galvis as your See, middle infield backup. Actually, what's that? I don't know that I would now. It was uh. One of the, the developments that's come out in the last several weeks is the new outs above average defensive staff for infielders. I assume you've seen this. I have, yes. And what was interesting to me was, I guess, how lukewarm the market for DD seemed to be, and he rated really poorly in that stat, like defensively. And several years ago, um, for the Hardball Times, I did a story where I talked to some baseball front office guys and none of them, for you know obvious reasons, would tell me exactly what they had. Well, I was asking about fielding stats specifically, but it was clear that they all had proprietary stuff going, and they all thought that what they had was better than what was publicly available. And so I kind of wonder if this outs above average thing is the first time we, you know, we kind of get to see something close to what those guys have, and if it's going to kind of alter the the scheme a bit for maybe how we evaluate defense. Because Didi Gregorius, frankly, looked terrible defensively. Uh, it also made Freddie Galvis look a lot better. Um, but again, I still think the Reds, for sure, 100%, absolutely no questions asked, have got to get a shortstop. Can we agree, at least at this point, that Didi Gregorius is a fabulous name? He's a fabulous name. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. Um, okay, yeah, they've got to get someone there. So free agent signings, I'm not sure who that could be if you're talking about someone that's going to, uh, yeah, like I keep saying, move the needle offensively. I, I don't know if there's anybody offensively out there that would do that. No, I, I haven't looked for a while, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was maybe a relief pitcher or two. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, uh, that that's sort of what I would guess. And that's fine, you know, depending on who's out there. Uh, he, he also says, and potentially trades, Dick Williams says. And that's where we've been kind of, we've kind of shifted to that since the Akiyama signing. Um, but again, I'm not sure that there's going to be enough uh, to get anything done there either. I don't think that the Red Sox don't seem particularly keen on moving uh Bets at this point, Mookie bets. I, yeah. I I don't. I personally do not believe that the Indians will trade Francisco Lindor this offseason. I just I don't see it happening. No, it doesn't sound like it's going to happen. The, the report surfaced basically the Indians were asking for 
way too much. I mean, the, you know, stuff where even I'm like, no, no. Mm -mm. Well, and if you're the Indians, that's that's what I would do too. Lindor's a great yeah. player. Yeah. I'd ask yeah. for the moon. Yeah, for sure, but it indicates that they're not as uh, intent on moving. Yeah, they're maybe. not might have made it seem not as motivated as I think they may be come mid season or something when somebody yeah. might be willing to overpay for yeah. uh, Francisco Lindor. So that's what I think they'll do. And so, you know, um, obviously any tr a trade can come from anywhere at any time. And I'll be interested to see if the Reds are able to work something out, but I'm not, uh, I don't know. I'm, he says there are going to be some changes before spring training, but I don't think there's going to be a substantial changes. I think we've largely got, the roster we're going to have, which is you, you never know. I mean, you know, if, if you think about it, the only of the, of the signings this offseason, Akiyama is the only one where there were any rumblings whatsoever before it happened. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, last year it was just a slightly earlier in the year than now when Sonny Gray happened. Um, right. So th there's, there's still time. I, I think that, you know, what's interesting to me or what makes me feel better is that if, if they're saying that the goal is a World Series, that's not something we've heard for a long time. Yeah. Um, and that seems to indicate to me, I mean, they see the same stuff that we do. You know, it was reasonable to expect last year that team to be better than it was. And you know, we've gone over the, the run differential and all that. But they know where they are and they know what they need. And you probably need to add another player who's good for maybe, you know, four-ish wins above replacement. I think that that would that that would probably do it more if you can get them. Um, you know, five, six, seven would be better. But yeah, sure. they, they <laughs> right. and they haven't done it yet. And I assume they're working to get that done. But you can't make a team trade with you, right? I mean, the Reds. You're right. The Reds are not dumb. They know they need to upgrade still. Uh, you know, and if you can get a guy that's a four win player, I'm not entirely sure they're going to be able to do that. But if you do, I think that moves the needle. I think this becomes the it's already in some quarters. It's the the preseason favorites in the National League Central. I think you add one more uh, potentially big bat, and it's uh, it's as good as anyone else in the National League in terms of chances for w making the World Series or at least winning the division. I, I'm I'm good with them. They're close. They're very close. I guess is what I'm saying. Um, I, I agree. And you know, every, you know, one of the interesting things, and we'll see if anybody ends up getting moved, but basically every premier shortstop you can think of had his name floated on on in trade rumors during the off season. So if, if a premier player is going to be moved, it feels like it's probably going to be a shortstop. Yeah. Maybe it'd be Carlos Correa. There's a real buzz around him right now. <laughs> Sorry. I had to do it. Uh, you and I have not spoken on the podcast about Shogo Akiyama, who signed a three year, $21 million contract to become the first Japanese player to play for Cincinnati. And uh, I've already given my thoughts on Akiyama on the podcast. And you and I talked before when he with the Reds, it was a possibility. But any yeah. uh, any quick thoughts since they've signed him? I, the more I think about it, the more I like it. Oh, I love it. I think it's a fantastic signing. Yeah. it's Just, a, You know, a guy who hasn't missed a game in, was it, three years? Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> seems like, I mean, you know, seems like a fantastic guy. There have been nothing but glowing reports and the various write-ups on him from from the people who've known him and, and just, and somebody who gets on base. I just, I'm, I'm thrilled with this signing. I think, I think that, and I think the projections are going to go a little bit low on him because they never know what to do with Japanese players. But I, I feel very good about that signing. Yeah. Yeah. He gets on base. That's, that's all you need yeah. to know as far as I'm concerned. And I think that really will play well with this uh, Reds lineup. So yay. Show go. Show go, go, go. All right. Other news this week. Not a lot. Jason Linda to talk about. Uh, you've heard of Nick Senzel. We've already mentioned him. 
We have. Yes. Uh, and we're both very high on Nixon Zale. He had shoulder surgery. And uh, if you follow him on the gram, or is that what the boomers call it? Um, Insta? Uh-huh. I- IG? Well, I don't know what it's called now. Uh, Nixon Zell posted a video of him throwing. So, was, you know, for the first time really since uh, shoulder surgery's throwing looked comfortable. Uh, wasn't airing it out really, but he's back. Uh, you know, doing some doing baseball work. So that's uh, that's really good news as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree. Hopefully, hopefully he can get a healthy season. Uh, he's you know really been hit by the injury bug the last couple of years. Hopefully, he can have a year where he gets past it. Um, We'll find out, I suppose. Yeah, and he's already been at, yeah he's been out in Goodyear pretty much all winter. So you know he's uh, with the Reds people. They're 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 working out, and um, he's going to be ready to roll. I hope uh, by opening day he should be. His people think he's going to be absolutely ready by opening day, and I think he needs to be. He's had some such bugaboo with injuries the last few years. I really want to see a healthy Nick Senzel for a full season. I really want to see what he can do because you and I are maybe higher than anyone else on earth about his potential if he's healthy he's and playing a full season. Opening day start, isn't he, Chad? Oh, man, I hope so. Center yeah. field, opening day. Uh, number 15 in your programs, number one in your hearts. Nick Senzel. So, or he may be in open, starting an opening day in Cleveland. Um, I hope not, but... No. We'll see. He's clearly a, a chip that the Reds have, and I doubt, don't think they'll be hesitant to give him up in the right deal. I just hope they get value, real value, which means a big-time player in return for him. Yeah. Because I would, I would agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Now, other news this week. Again, it's a it's a light week. You know, when the caravan, the Reds' caravan is your top story. Yeah, that's a. Uh, that sort of tells you what you need to know. Oh, it's January. It is January, and and you know we're committed to bringing you Reds podcast, this Reds discussion all year long, even in the, the the dead spots. So take what you can get. Come on, people. The Reds signed right-handed reliever. Or after this one until spring training starts. So we're we're, we're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. Absolutely. Um, Reds signed right-handed reliever Nate Jones to a minor league deal. That included an invite to spring training. Jones, of course, went to Northern Kentucky University, fifth-round draft pick of the White Sox, and has been in the big league since 2012. And when he's been healthy, has been a really, really good reliever, frankly. Uh, just It's about being healthy with him, and he's not been healthy very much recently. But, again, no. minor league deal, invite to spring training, that's a lottery ticket. If it works out, great. Uh, nothing yeah, wrong, nothing wrong with that. If you show up and you're healthy, welcome to the team. If you show up and you're not healthy... See you later. Yeah, yeah. If he's healthy, I think he's in the big league uh, bullpen for sure, and uh, he's got a good he's got a good arm. I'm okay with that. Yep. Uh, now, uh, according to uh, Doug Grace piece at RedLegNation.com on uh, on this signing, Nate Jones uh, averages 98 miles per hour on his sinker, a slider that touches the low 90s when he's been healthy. Yeah. So not bad. Not bad. So, yay, Nate Jones, yay. Print those playoff <laughs> tickets. All right. Now, really, the only other thing is this week the Reds did announce their initial list of uh, non-roster spring training invitees, of 16 people the Reds invited that were not on the 40-man roster. And, and not, you know, uh, this is interesting just to those of us who are uh, kind of geeks about this stuff. But Tyler Stevenson, Tony Santion, Jose Siri, Joel Kunal, Ryan Hendricks, um, Actually, those guys are on the 40-man roster now, so they were yeah, yeah. they were invited. I'm reading this wrong. 
Nicola Dolo, last year's number one draft pick. Um, Jose Garcia, who may be the future shortstop in this organization if uh, they're not able to get a trade. Uh, Jonathan India, I don't know what he is. They were all invited. Um, along with the immortal R.J. Alaniz. <laughs> What's that, huh? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty interested to see what happens with Tyler Stevenson this year. Um, I, you know, it's assuming, I mean, you never know, he could, he could end up in a trade, but Tucker's contract would be up next year. So, you know, I mean, they've got an option, but you, you know that at the very least they're, they're looking for, for some new catcher soon. And this could be the year, I mean, this could be the year where Stevenson kind of starts to slide in and eats his way into the roster. I wouldn't be surprised if he were the actual call-up if somebody gets hurt, uh, depending on how he's doing at Louisville. I'm, I'm assuming that he'll start the season at Louisville this year. I don't see why he wouldn't. Um, he has to be at AAA to start. I, I can't imagine he wouldn't either. Um, what I want to see is not just if somebody gets hurt. I want to see Tyler Stevenson force his way onto the, the big league roster. That would certainly be nice, too. Yeah, that would – yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, um, the, what a what – a, boon that would be to this organization to have your you know big time catching prospect uh, up here and and so the future will be bright at, at catcher and, and again i've been one to say man let's uh let's get him up here anyway and let he and uh and tucker barnhart share the position let you know barnhart be the primary starter 60 40 or something right now let stevenson learn on him but there's an argument to be made to let him have uh, regular bats in triple a as well but i just i'm ready i'm ready to see tyler stevenson and i'm nothing if not impatient uh it's true. That is your trademark. Uh, your trademark trait is your impatience. That's true. Is Nick Lodolo going to make the major league uh, roster to start the season? If Nick Lodolo makes the major league roster to start the season, it's going to be a rough year. Well, either something's going really, really right with Lodolo that he's way better than we thought, or something. Can, can anything go that right? Well, I don't know. He was a first round pick. Uh... I, I feel like I feel like if they were at the point that Nick Lodolo was on the roster, then something will have gone horribly wrong, and it'll be like a few years ago when I remember having podcasts where I'm like, "Okay, so we're now on starting pitcher depth chart number like 13." Yeah, yeah. When Scott Feldman got the opening day start yeah. that season, professional innings under our belt. I don't think Lodolo's ready for prime time quite yet. I agree completely. So I don't know. That's about it, except for one of the. Uh, Outfielders that was invited uh, to spring training uh, got a non-roster invite. Boog Powell, Boog Powell, can you believe this? I, I don't, and I need you. Is this someone's descendant? <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's... I hadn't seen this, and I'm seeing it now. Yeah, he's 27 years old. Drafted oh. by the A's in the 20th round in 2012. He has a total of a one. Let's see, 160 plate appearances. Over two years with Seattle and Oakland in the big leagues, and uh, he is—he uh, went to Mission Viejo High School, Orange Coast College. That's all I know about Boog Powell. But he does share a name with the immortal Boog Powell from the uh, late '60s, early '70s Baltimore Orioles, and also the namesake of a pretty great barbecue place at Camden Yards. So, Boog Powell—this is a real player. Well, wonders never cease. I guess we'll see what happens with Boog. It kind of seems like he's apt to be uh, hanging out in Louisville this year. I would guess so if uh, if he remains in the organization. So, all right, let's answer some viewer mail. You want to? 
Let's answer some listener mail chat. As always, these are actual letters from actual viewers. And uh, the first questions we're going to answer are going to come from, as we said earlier, patreon.com slash redlegradio. And before we start answering them, i got a couple of uh, shout-outs. I need to thank a couple of new uh, patrons supporting the podcast over on Patreon. First one, Michael Hamilton Hart. Michael, thank you so much for, uh, for joining this uh, crazy pirate ship and, uh, and supporting us. Michael Hamilton Hart, Jason. What position do you, do you envision Michael Hamilton Hart playing? Bench. <laughs> oh, ouch! <laughs> is he is he at least a good bench player? Uh, third string catcher. Third string catcher. Well, I would love to have been a third string catcher. No, I'm seeing for Hart. He may be a platoon outfielder, but he's got a really good left-handed bat. So, I mean, you know, he's like Jesse Winker light. That's what I see. Okay. And, All right. Uh, you can put him in left field or right field. So, you know, defensively, he's a good athlete. That's Michael Hamilton Hart. Mike, Michael, thank you so much. Other uh, subscriber, new subscriber this week, Chuck Nichols. Chuck, my man, thank you so much for uh, for joining joining the podcast, joining our, our group here. Now, Chuck Nichols, I'm going to go with. I think he's a speedy center fielder. No, incorrect. no, no. What is what we got? Oh, Chuck Nichols has that like sort of grizzled veteran feel to me. Mm. I feel like he's he's like a Ben Zobris type. Ah, oh, like a, a gritty veteran that plays all over the field? He wants. Oh, I like it. I like it. All right, so we're going we're gonna to go with that one. So, Chuck, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for joining us. Love the support. Um, first question, viewer mail question, comes from Louis Fetch. Oh, well, that's a fabulous name, too. Louis Fetch. What are your thoughts on playing checkers with the Cardinals? And he goes on to explain, if they land Nolan Arenado, do we keep our valuation-based analysis the same on each player, or do we feel more urgency to respond given our already in nature to this season? So the way I read that, and Jason, maybe you read it differently, but if the Cardinals upgrade more, do the Reds have to go out and feel like they have to continue to upgrade? I think if the Cardinals get Arenado, it signals that the Reds, if they try hard enough, can get Trevor Story. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, I could live with Story as your shortstop. I've, I, I'm skeptical as to whether he'll be what people think Trevor Story is, but I think he'd be a big time upgrade here. So, yeah. And you're right. If if Arenado's gone, it might signal that, that Colorado is willing to move on. I mean, I think that's what everybody's trying to figure out. Right? Is Colorado actually going to rebuild or not? Right. Yeah. So you know, I I don't know that that changes in terms of the urgency the Reds should feel. I think they need to feel some urgency anyway. I think they need to make it very clear that they have the best team, that the Reds are the best team in the Central. And so I, that's the same whether the Cardinals improve or not. Uh, you know, uh, that's – I don't see – that doesn't change my that doesn't change my analysis. I just think the Reds need to be trying to put together the best team possible uh, to beat whoever is the, the big competitor this year. Am I yeah, wrong? I happen is some American League team should land Arenado so the Reds don't have to pitch to him, and then the Reds can land Story. Hey, there you go. I like it. Uh, Andrew Scott Wills asks, Per C. Trent Rosecrans, Dick Williams said he expects to add another MLB-level player, which we've already discussed. Do you hear that as more of a needle-mover trade or more of a Derek Dietrich-type pickup? Um, I think we've pretty much answered that already, but, uh, man, I'd like to get a Derek Dietrich-type pickup, frankly, a you know, a guy on a minor league deal that ends up being a 
legitimate big league player, if, even if a, a backup. I, I, the Reds need to improve their bench, especially on the infield. Although I'm, I'm okay with Josh Van Meter, but they need. Uh, I could see them picking one of those. But again, I don't. I don't know about the needle mover trade. It's so hard to predict that stuff. Yeah, the trade. It's, that's one of those things. It's either going to happen or it's not. And I mean, I think it's been clear. There have been plenty of rumors that the Reds have been trying really hard to pull a trade, and it just hasn't happened yet. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I believe that absolutely. I think they've been trying to uh, work the phones and, and do what they can, and it's just it's tough. I mean, how many trades have there been for any team this offseason? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not like not the Reds are the only ones that left out in the dark here. I just, but there um, has been a lot of free agent action, so maybe it'll be kind of the reverse of what it was last season where it was trades for a while and then all the free agents signed at the last minute. Maybe we're getting, you know, the free agent board is pretty clear now, so I wonder if people are starting to talk trades more to fill their remaining needs. Let me ask you this, since you mentioned uh, free agents, Jason. How differently would you feel about the Reds right now if they had been able to land, uh, really looked like they were their first option uh, in the free agent market, which was Yasmani Grandal? Do you feel substantially different about this team if they have him in the fold right now? Yeah. I think so, yeah. It's yeah. a shame. Why didn't they if sign him? Because Grandal, I feel like they can get by with Freddie Galvis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 the point. They had to upgrade one of those positions plus outfield. They did upgrade outfield. It remains to be seen how much they upgraded outfield. But uh, you've talked all of us into believing that uh, they didn't need to upgrade as much as everyone thinks because Jesse Winker is better than everyone thinks. He is better than everyone thinks. He is. It's true. Um, I, I, Andrew, you know, I just don't, I don't know. I want to say a needle mover trade. I just you don't know if those are out there. I think it's almost guaranteed to be a Derek Dietrich type pickup, certainly, and uh, or as we said earlier, free agent relievers. Uh, but I guess I wouldn't be surprised if they don't make any trades, and I would not be surprised if they made a blockbuster. I guess. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I agree. They should go out and find uh, an Eugenio Suarez type shortstop, and trade somebody like uh, the bloated corpse of Alfredo Simon for him. Why don't they just do that? Yeah, I think I can get on board with that. And maybe they can reacquire Dan Straley, flip him for a future ace. Huh. I don't know why they don't do stuff like that more often. Nathan Connor asks, YouTube habitually recommends a video of Chris Sabo. Hey, you remember Chris Sabo, Jason? I do remember Chris Sabo. Oh, he was pretty good. YouTube habitually recommends a video of Chris Sabo shattering a corked bat in 1996. The video pretty clearly shows that it was handed. It was a bat handed to him by a bat boy. Since the conspiracy theory here, there's a chance it belonged to another player, though we will never find out for sure. In like, in light of Mike Fires outing the Astros for their sign stealing, I got to thinking: Will Sabo ever reveal the owner of the corked bat? Any guesses? My money is on Curtis Goodwin or Vince Coleman. What do you think? <sighs> <laughs> how do you even answer that i love it nathan how do you even answer it uh, i'm looking at the 1996 cincinnati reds and i'm going to assume that it came from someone else on the uh on the reds and i'm going to pin it on i don't think it's curtis goodwin and vince coleman uh man 94 memorable at bats on that team hit 155 yikes yeah uh i'm gonna say it was kevin mitchell he only, oh. played, he only played 37 games for the Reds, but he was aging a little bit. He was 34 years old, uh, hit really well in those 37 games, uh, 141 played appearances, 325 average, 447 on base. Golly, that guy could just rake. 
But I'm saying he had a little help that year. He was aging. He needed a little bit more bat speed. And Sabo borrowed, borrowed uh, Kevin Mitchell's bat. What do you think about that? There's your conspiracy. We'll, we'll, we'll never know. We will never know. We will never know. Um, Chris Sabo using a corked bat. Is that worse than... Let's go ahead and get into it, I guess. Because it's been the talk of the, the last uh, few days around baseball. Um, you want to update uh, what you know, or, or I'll do it. Doesn't matter about uh, the Ast- Houston Astros, uh, the yeah, big scandal. I mean, as far as I know, the most recent thing I've seen is this stuff going around where, and it's one of those things that one person said it, and lots of people are like, "This is basically what I have heard," and even reporters are saying that this is. They've had a, you know people who just wouldn't go on the record about it, but apparently, a couple of uh, Astros batters were had little like buzzers in under their shirts and, and it would they would get a little buzz if a breaking pitch was coming um and you know along with all of the other sign stealing stuff that's been going on it's been it's been quite the day on baseball twitter yeah and uh you know some people say oh my goodness they really hammered the you know the the responsible parties you know suspending them for a year and all this you know and some people are like oh it's that's a way too light of a punishment and um Maybe I'm just being a contrarian, but I've had a hard time uh, working up my outrage on this thing because uh, the way I put it is it's professional sports, and I, I guess I kind of assumed everybody was trying to cheat at all times. Um, if if you're not cheating, you're not trying, they say. But I don't know. It's it's a it's professional sports. I whatever. I know it's not good for the game. I agree. I think it's terrible for the game. But uh, I don't know. Let baseball deal with it. Are you more outraged than I am? Uh, I, I, I think I'm probably a little bit more outraged than you are, but I don't know if I'm as outraged as the whole internet is. I, I come from the position of ethics are ethics and they matter no matter what. And lots of people do their jobs within certain ethical rules and, you know, and if they were to break their ethical rules, they would lose their jobs and their whole lives would be ruined. You know, like lots of us do this all the time. It's true. And so I don't think it's unreasonable to expect the same thing from from baseball players and baseball organizations that are already fabulously wealthy. You know, I think, like I said, I think ethics are ethics. Yeah. Um, you know, what I think really should happen, given if, if all of this stuff gets confirmed, and I think basically the Astros should have so many players suspended that they're playing short the entire year. Interesting. Like, make them play with a 23-man roster all year that's just alternating suspensions. There you go. That'd be fun anyway. Yeah, be fun to watch. I, I, yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, I, I can't disagree with anything you say. I guess I just when I start seeing the outrage machine getting worked up uh, on Twitter, you know, outrage is the uh, either outrage or sanctimony. I haven't decided is the uh, currency on social media. Um, and so I guess I'm like, ah, okay, whatever. I'm exhausted by it. Um, and the flip side is, you know, in my day job, I see people who are breaking real rules or being accused of breaking real rules, and it's a lot more serious to me than professional sports i guess maybe i'm just having a little difficulty getting outraged i think within the context of the game it is a big deal you know i, I don't want to within the context of professional sports it's a it's a huge deal that they're doing this when it's against the rules but haven't teams been trying to steal signs and things for years it's just got more well, high I mean, tech before i mean there was the giants world series right where they stole signs with binoculars from the bleachers yeah well, like, i think they've been doing that since the 20s yeah, I mean, like it's, it's happened, but I'll, I mean, you know, and it's weird. I mean, there are all of these, like, baseball things where it's like, well, it's okay to do this but not do that, and I admit that it's weird, but, you know, I don't know. From my perspective is, like, I think baseball would kind of stop being fun the second it started to be fixed. Yeah, it's already fixed. 
Yeah, well, yeah. The second yeah. one's obviously fixed. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, be outraged if you want. I don't care. Uh, Joe Farsing asks one of his classic uh, comparison questions here: Affable Jay Bruce or Jack Bruce? Jack Bruce, I presume he's dis- he's talking about the Scottish uh, musician, singer, songwriter from the British supergroup Cream, Eric Clapton's group. I, I presume that's who he's uh, talking about. This wasn't Eric Clapton's group at the time. It was really more Jack Bruce's group. There you go. All right. See, listen to the little rock and roll uh, correction and, for you there. And fun fact, I saw Cream live. Oh, I do every morning when I fix my coffee. Okay. No, they reunited for a few shows in London and a few shows in New York. I don't know, maybe, probably, God, I guess it's, it's been longer than I care to admit. It's been <laughs> 15 years now, I guess. Maybe maybe not quite that much. Anyway, I went up and saw them. My dad and I went and saw them. Really? Cool. Yeah, in New York. But they're, they're amazing, I'm sure. It was a fantastic show, but yeah. Now, are we, are we entirely sure that he's not talking about the Jack Bruce, who was an Australian rules footballer, who played with South Melbourne in the Victorian Football League? Back. I didn't know that Jack Bruce existed, so I mean, oh. well, was this it? a tough call for me. I love me some Jay Bruce, but I also love me some Jack Bruce. So Jack Bruce was uh, reportedly not remotely affable. So, <laughs> okay, so who are you going with? Is the question though? You got to make a choice here. Ends. Am I starting a rock band or a baseball team? You tell me. Whatever you want, man. This is you. This is your call. There are no rules here. You you have your own ethical standards for these questions. Follow them. All right, all right. I'm I'm gonna take. I think I'm gonna take Jay here because I feel like Jack would just get on my nerves and I'd have to fire him like three quarters <laughs> of the games he ever played in. I'm always gonna go with uh, Jay Bruce. Uh, the Bruce that I will not go for though is Bruce Springsteen. Oh my goodness, Nelson Chad, don't no. go down this road. <laughs> oh, come on, don't, man. don't don't go embarrass yourself in this way again. They're ready to get some pictures that can throw that speedball by you, make you look like a fool. Bad. Oh, that's Bad. good songwriting. That's good songwriting, man. That's classic. Stephen Offenbaker, Stephen Offenbaker, host of the Reds Alert podcast, asks at patreon.com slash Radio the current depth chart on the Reds website. I presume he's talking about reds.com, although the only Reds website I care about is Red Leg Nation. It shows a starting rotation of Luis Castillo. He says, Gray, Sonny, not Doug. Thank goodness. Trevor Bauer. Uh, Anthony DiScalfani and Wade Miley. Dick Williams has indicated a willingness to move starters that don't make the rotation into the pin. I would prefer Tyler Malley be sent to AAA and start every fifth day versus remaining in Cincinnati in the pin. What are your thoughts about how Malley should be handled? You want this one or you want me to take it? I'll take it. He's going to AAA. There's no, there's no question. Unless somebody in the start in the front five gets hurt, he's for sure going to going to AAA. No question. I think that's true. I think I could be talked into having him in the major league bullpen. Um, now, I think, I think what Dick Williams is talking about there is probably Lucas Sims. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Lucas Sims is going to be in the bullpen because he's out of options. Right. Tyler Matt is not. Yeah. Uh, and it'd be interesting if there's room for Lucas Sims because uh, Cody Reed's going to be out of options. That pen's about to get crowded yep. down there. Uh, I, I would prefer to have Malley on the AAA ro- or on the Major League roster because I think he is better than Lucas Sims, and I think he's better than uh, some of these other guys. And he's right there in town if you need a, a swing starter or somebody gets hurt and gives you more flexibility about who to, uh, how to, how to, you know, 
feel any uh, roster spots opened up because of injury. So, and I just I, I want Malley on the team because I think he's one of the best players. I do think there's a, a good argument though to send him to AAA. He's your number one starter at AAA. He is already stretched out so that he's ready to step in whenever he needs to. And there's a very very good chance that uh, he will, in fact, uh, be starting a lot of games for Cincinnati this year. Um, a few more questions here. Let's run through these uh, as quickly as we can here, Jason, okay? All right, sounds good. Um, I asked for actual letters from actual viewers, and Derek Moser, uh, he's, a, he's a little bit of a joker. He's provided me some actual letters, R, E, D, and S. And uh, as for actual discussion... What do you think about Tucker Barnhart's reaction to the Astro scandal? And he gave a link uh, to a, an interview that I saw that Barnhart did. I think it's probably just as easily summarized by some of Barnhart's tweets on the matter. So I'll just read those really quickly. It's very black and white for me, and I may be naive for thinking this way, but if there are rules in writing broken, then I absolutely agree with any penalty. If there are unwritten rules broken, and people are penalized for competitive advantage, I don't get it. Um, and then he said... Uh, as things continue to come out about this, I absolutely agree with the penalties. It's something we've never seen in the game, it's ter- uh, and it's terrible for it. Picking up a catcher sign from second or finding a pitcher tipping are things you can defend if you're getting picked. Using computers and buzzers and such is an entirely new level and indefensible if you're on the other side of it. This is wild and miserable for our game. Uh, you agree with him? Yeah, I pretty much do. It sucks for baseball. I think so. I mean, it's, it's not good, I guess, but... He kind of talks about what I said, which is it's been going on forever, and but it is it's there. It's it's a it is a whole new level. It's high tech now. Next question from Patreon.com/slash/RedLegRadio. Chuck Nichols, our grizzled veteran, uh, Ben Zobris type, says Las Vegas has the Reds winning the division at fifteen to one odds. How much money would you bet on the Reds this year? I'm going to say all the money. I would bet all the money on the Reds. All the money. Every dime that I have, I'm betting on the Reds. Well, I, you're a bolder man than I, Chad. Oh, man. A it's bolder gonna, man than I. It's going to pay off. I'm not going to bet a dime on the Reds, to be honest with you, but uh, I think they've got a re- – we've started to discuss that. I don't know how much more we need to get into it, but they've got a real chance of winning the division. I don't know. I don't know what 15-to-1 odds. What is that? You know, I don't know if that's, yeah. if, if that's high or I mean, low, but – I think they've got a little bit – I think they've got better than 15-to-1. I would think so, but I think that's I think that would be a good bet. It's as much as I understand gambling. What about fifteen to one to get to the National League Championship Series? I mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with that answer. Hooper Powell yeah. asks, and Jason, I'm going to I'm going to read this one, and I'm going to let you right. uh, smack Hooper a little bit here if you want. Uh, not really a question this week, but can you apologize to Jason about my comments on last week's viewer mail segment about his lack of athletic ability? It was uncalled for. I was just so inspired by Ricky Gervais and his Golden Globe opening. Um, and he, of course, talked about it the last week's uh, question where he asked uh, the, the positions that uh, that we would all be, and, and which I gave my um, little story about how my high school baseball coach was really encouraging about me beginning my tennis career as soon as possible. So, but do you have any uh, comments about Hooper? Well, Hooper, listen, you know, I say this in, in Chad's reference, his day job, I'll reference my day job. I say this periodically in my day job. And, you know, if, if I could have my feelings easily hurt by hormonal adolescence, I would have the wrong gig. <laughs> um, so rest assured, my, my ego survives intact. I played, uh, all the way until the eighth grade, uh, 
a little bit past my peak for certain. Um, <laughs> but what position? Uh, third base, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, baseball-wise, no, I certainly I certainly did not have the ability. My abilities lay elsewhere. There you say. go. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me third base. I'll play third. You got it. I'm going to take it away from Wayne Krinchicki and give it to you. I thought Wayne Krinchicki played catcher. No, he played he played third. <laughs> In Johnny Bench's final season, he was playing third base. Do we need to get into this story? Because you're really upsetting me right now, Jason. Sorry. Lynch. Dwight Kelly asks, hash brown viewer mail. I love how at this point my phone auto spells that. <laughs> That's outstanding. I would love to hear your thoughts on the claims that the current scandal can somehow vindicate Pete. We know the short answer. If you'd rather opt out on the subject, then here's the easier question. You're trapped in by a snowstorm. You suddenly discover the milk has expired by two days. Do you smell it and hope it has a chance or dump it? No questions asked. Do we really want to talk about Pete? You can if you want. I don't want to talk about Pete. I don't see how Pete can possibly be vindicated at this point. Pete is not vindicated by the current scandal. No. no. Um, Pete did what he did and... (laughs) I don't, I'm not sure how somebody the, that's doing bad things doesn't make your bad things less bad. Listen, it's an actual law that two wrongs don't make a right, and I know about laws. It's an actual—I mean, it may not be an actual law; it may not be written, but well, it's not a law, but it's a truism. Two okay. wrongs don't make a right. I'm not going to convict somebody on a truism, just for the for the record. Um, now, the second question: You're trapped by a snowstorm. You just suddenly discover the milk has expired by two days. Do you smell it and hope it has a chance, or dump it? No questions asked. Um, it's just depend. This depends for me. Um, I don't really consume that much milk on its own, but if I'm out of half and half, I'm going to give that a try in the coffee. Most likely, every two days, two days is that's probably fine. That's that's in the state where like it might not taste great if you're like having a bowl of cereal or something. But coffee, I think it'd be fine. Otherwise, yeah, I'm probably dumping that. Well, in my situation, I'm dumping it because here in my home, uh, for whatever reason, um, the lovely Mrs. Dotson, she buys skim milk. And that's not even really milk. It's it's water lying about being milk, as uh, Ron Swanson Ron said. Swanson says, yes. Yeah. And so I dump it just because it's skim milk and it's, it's disgusting. It's an excuse to dump skim milk, which <laughs> yes. is good. Take right. any reason you can get. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what I do. All right. Um, woo the Reds. I think he submits questions just so he can hear me say, woo the Reds. I mean, these are all people who just want to hear their name said on on, an, on a podcast, right? That's, That's the height true. of their exactly. ambition. <laughs> yeah, my ambition was enough that I just I wanted to talk on a podcast and, and say my own name. So that's yeah. even that's much, much worse. Woo, 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 woo asks, easy for me to say, if you had to cheat on the Reds with one other team, which team would it be and why? If you had to cheat on the Reds with one other team, which team would it be and why? I'm ready to say mine would be the Cebu Lions, who's uh, fe- uh, featured the, the last couple of years all-star outfielder Shogo Akiyama. That's who I'm saying. From the Japanese Pacific League. You know, they won 80 games last year. Yeah, you know. That, 80 and 62. I didn't, I didn't think about going internationally. Mm. Who do, who do mm. you go with, with them? Ah, this is a toppy chat. This one is well, not... Well, let's let's break it down. It it can't be a National League team, right? Or can it? Uh, probably. It certainly can't be a National League Central team. I think I have to exclude the entire National League. 
I'm trying to think if I need to. I'm just trying to think if there are any West Coast teams that that I would be interested in rooting for. I don't know. I don't know. The Mariners and the Blue Jays fan bases on Twitter seem pretty nice. Okay, well that's a good. That's that's a, given how much the Reds Twitter sometimes makes our head hurt. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty good way to pick a a team actually. Yeah, maybe maybe the Blue Jays or the Mariners just because I like their fans. Uh, yeah, if I have to stay with uh, with Major League Baseball we'll teams. You know what? I'm going to say Blue Jays because, and at least I can obliquely support Joey Votto that way. Ah, I like the way you're thinking. We'll go with the Canada connection. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Kansas City Monarchs. The Real Todd Father asks, who played with a bigger buzz, Jose Altuve or Josh Hamilton? Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't know about that one. Come on, Todd Father. <laughs> That's brutal. Um, I hope Josh Hamilton is doing well. Altuve, uh, did you see the video of Altuve when they were, he was like telling him not to rip off his shirt? Was that something or was it just something the internet was trying to create? Did you see that? I, I did see it and I don't know. If the, you know, that's the kind of thing where as soon as this comes out, you see that and you're like, ooh, that looks like something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, okay, whatever. It was it was interesting, though, that it came out. Uh, yeah. he, basically, he hit that home run and was coming around home and he was telling, it looked like he was telling everybody, don't pull off my shirt, which is what I do every day at work. I caution everyone that comes into the room, do not pull off my shirt. So it could be it could be innocent like that, right? <laughs> no comment, Chad. Jason, I'm, I, I want you to know, I mean, I'll, I'll apologize in more depth after we finish recording, but I'm really sorry that you have to put up with this. Uh, Joe Farsing asks, how will the Bengals screw up Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow, of course, the Louisiana State University quarterback who is um, – Evidently going to be the number one pick, Heisman Trophy winner, and uh, how he so he's going to go to the Bengals presumably. How will the Bengals screw him up? I know that you are a huge Cincinnati Bengals fan. What are your thoughts? Football happens. I understand. <laughs> I love college football. I watch one game a week. Yeah, it's you know it's fun to watch a sport where nobody gets to use their hands. <laughs> that's real football nah. yeah um, I, I don't know how they're going to ruin him I just know that they will although I did hear a rumor that they're going to hire a new quarterbacks coach Achilles Smith I don't know if it's true that's what I heard um, from twitter.com slash redlegradio hashtag viewer mail I, uh, from Reds 2020 NL Central Champs I like that uh, that Twitter name I live in Bloomington, Bloomington, Indiana you're an Indiana boy Jason it's true. I'm from Indiana originally, yeah. I live in Bloomington, Indiana, and the Reds' caravan isn't coming this year. Why do the Reds hate me? Chad? <laughs> the Reds hate us all. Have you not been watching them the last few years? It's not just you, buddy. The Reds hate all of us. But they're trying to make us, uh, they're trying to be nicer to us this year. They're trying. They're making an effort. Maybe. Maybe they're not making the swing because I don't know who's on who's on, I don't know maybe somebody on that stop is about to be traded for Francisco Lindor. Ah, oh, there you go. Now you're talking. All right, two more questions, then we'll uh, we'll wrap this one up. Jason Bobcat Sloan asks, that's a name right there. Um, I listen to Red, Red Lake Nation Radio every week. Hash Brown viewer mail question: Will we see Nick Lodolo pitching in a Reds uniform by the end of the 2020 season? That's a pretty good question. What do you think? By the end, I, we were joking earlier about opening day, but what about by the end of the season? Uh, maybe. 
could I could see him being uh, either a September call up or maybe even a, a guy you call up before then, and maybe he can uh, be a reliever on uh, on a playoff team. I don't know. It depends on how he performs, obviously, but he's got a good arm and a cool, yeah, we'll cool name. We'll see. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's conceivable. I'm going to say the chances of him pitching in a Reds uniform, I, you know, the more I think about it, I don't know that they'll. I don't know that I see them calling him up in September. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say the chances are slim. Actually, now that I yeah, I mean but, the chances are slim, but you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Last question comes from Harrison Simpson. Hash Brown viewer mail. Can you do an extended podcast about favorite Tarantino movies? Uh, no. No. That's the answer, I think, right? Would that just be a Chad monologue? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, what I said on Twitter when I got that question, I'm not sure any of my uh, regular co-hosts are as uh, ludicrously as obsessive as I am about movies. And so I, I don't know that I would do that to any of you. So, well, And even if I were, like Tarantino, while I recognize his talent, he's not particularly my taste. Yeah. Yeah. He's not in, he's not in a lot of people's wheelhouses. And yeah. I, I, I get that. Um I'm a huge fan of the like you and I could do. I I would have to refresh myself on a couple of things, but we could do a a Linkletter podcast. I can afford for that. Richard Linkletter. Now listen, that's if if we have this demand for it, it's going to be up to you all. Tell us at redleg Twitter dot com slash redleg radio. Richard Richard Linkletter, the most underrated American director. That's my opinion. So I, I would agree. Yeah. So maybe. So I no, we're probably not going to be doing a Tarantino podcast. Um. I really want to do a podcast talking about my top 10 movies of 2019, but I'm just not sure anyone would, would want to listen to that. So I may just have to yell it into the void. So anyway, Jason, any final thoughts? I think that's a good place to wrap her up. Um, my final thought is go Reds, get a shortstop. Go Reds, get a shortstop. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. You know, uh, I don't know if they're going to. <laughs> I'm worried. Somebody can make it affect somebody. I mean, whew. we'll see, I guess. Uh, we'll see. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap her up. This is uh, I'm Chad Dotson at Dotson C on Twitter. He's Jason Linden at Jason Linden. We are at Red Lake Radio on Twitter, RedLegNation.com. For Red's analysis, uh, you know where to find us. Everywhere you find podcasts, we're there. I promise. Go subscribe. More important to me is, um, you know, I ask you to leave a rating and review. That's great wherever you get your podcast. But also, more important is tell your friends. I mean, if you're listening, if you've listened all the way this far, then you obviously think we're not awful. Tell your friends, get them to subscribe. Uh, presuming you have any friends, and anyone that listens to us, I don't know, you know, um, I don't have any friends. So, you know, if you don't have friends to tell, I, that's okay, I get it. But, uh, but find someone, tell strangers. Um, Jason, appreciate you joining me, buddy. Always a good time, Chad. All right, for Jason Linden and Kevin Mitchell, this is Chad Dotson saying, so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com.